Mulberry Lane is on your radio. Brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Getting our classic rock on here. We're talking with iconic guitarist Don Felder about his days with one of the top-selling rock and roll bands of all time, The Eagles, plus his solo music and his book, Heaven and Hell, My Time with the Eagles. And right now he's talking about his daughter Leah, her career in the music industry. Now, your daughter Leah, she was on our show, and she's got a, a music career going. She said on her show that she didn't know you were in a rock band until she was a little older, and you woke her up one morning when the band got back together and said, I'm going on tour again, and she came to the show that night, and that was the first time she saw her dad as the rock star. Yeah, that's right. She was uh, about nine years old, I think, nine or ten, and, you know, when she was born, the Eagles touring was pretty much over, and so she never really got to see it, and she didn't really understand what it was until she came out on the Hell Freezes Over tour and sat on the side of the stage on my guitar case and watched me do, you know, what I do in uh-huh. front of, you know, 25, 30,000 <laughs> people. And I was like, wow, Dad, I didn't realize you were a rock star. <laughs> I said, I'm not, I'm just your dad, you know. Uh-huh. That, had to be, that had to be a collision of worlds yes. for you at that point. <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'd rather be appreciated as her dad than, than uh-huh. any rock star in my uh-huh. life, you know. Oh, so I was very proud that she was, even though I tried to discourage her as much as possible from going into the music business. She just has a spectacular gift. Where she gets it, I don't know. But she has a spectacular gift of writing and singing that's just brilliant. I don't know if you've heard much of her stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. If you go on YouTube and type in Brandon and Leah, you can see tons of their videos. So, mm-hmm. And it's all really good. They're in the process of just about finishing. I think 1st of September, they're going to have a new uh, CD out. So they're well on their way. So what advice have you given her? About the business. Well, you know, I, I gave her the same advice I gave myself, which is you, you have to do what you love. She, they were looking for different producers and looking for someone else to give them the direction and uh-huh. how they should be produced. And I said, no, no, no. This is your music. Nobody tells Alicia Keys how she should play and sing her songs. Right. Nobody tells John Mayer how he should, you know, do his stuff. It's got to come from you. And uh-huh. so over the last five, six years, she's been developing and has developed a really strong kind of concept of herself and what she wants to sound like, what she wants to write about, how she wants to deliver her music, how she wants it recorded. She's just really developed a a strong confidence, and she's very happy with it. That's Uh the key, you know? Mm -hmm. And then no one can really push you around or, or talk you into doing something that you wouldn't want to do or shouldn't do. I would bet you a thousand dollars you couldn't push Leah into doing anything she doesn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go back to the harmonies. When uh, the Eagles recorded harmonies, how did you record harmonies in the studio? Well, that's a really interesting question because there was a blend in the earlier days when Bernie Ledden and Randy Meisner and Don and Glenn and I were in the band together that we would sing around one microphone. Okay. Randy had a really high voice that was really edgy, so he would have to step back about three paces back. Okay. Glenn would usually sing the lower part, and it wasn't as loud, so he would have to move in a little closer, and we would balance the the vocals around one microphone. Wow. wow. As opposed to recording each individual guy okay. and then trying to, to mix them, you know. And things would happen, really strange things would happen with those voices when they hit a certain note or a chord, 
you could hear a harmonic that would happen when it was happening in the same room, like almost an overtone, when those voices would blend so well. That it was like a, if there were four guys singing on the mic, you could hear like a fifth note in the chord. Mm, and the first time wow. it happened, I, I said, go back and play that back. I want to hear that. What, what was that? And sure enough, so went out and they played this note on the keyboard. So you guys hear this note? Did anybody sing this? And no. Oh. Listen to it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking just about? There. Yeah, and it was just because it was balanced so perfectly and the way the voices kind of blended together it sounded like like one an accordion voice. you know yeah. like one voice it uh-huh. was just spectacular yeah. so that's how we did it around one microphone the old school way that's really cool now then also the mix of the vocals within the music i think that was a magic balance too because i mean the harmonies were very present but yet so was the music i think that was phenomenal yeah uh, you know it was a basically a vocal band that had great musicians in it as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. Uh, the writing and playing underneath. What a novel idea to have a band where everybody plays, writes, and sings. Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. what a great idea, you know? So um, we had great music beds for writing and, and developing tracks, and then we had this great group blend, vocal blend for choruses, and then there were like three or four great lead singers between Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Randy Meisner, now later Timothy and Walsh. There were just a wide variety of lead singers and group vocals that could be placed on top of these music beds, Uh depending on what it was that was most appropriate. Like the song Love Will Keep Us Alive that was on the Hell Freezes Over record. Uh I was in the process of putting together another band with a guy named Paul Carrick. I don't okay. know if you know mm-hmm. who he is. Great singer, English guy. He was in Squeeze, and Mike and the Mechanics, and a bunch of bands. Uh-huh. He and Timothy and I were putting together this band. Paul came over to my studio for three weeks one summer. We were writing all these songs, and he brought in that song. He says, I've got this song. Listen, and we recorded the demo exactly as you hear it on the Eagles record, okay. but with Paul singing it. Okay. And then... About two months later, the Hell Freezes Over reunion happened and was like, oh, my God, we've got to make a record. How are we going to do this? Oh, we need, we need some new songs. And then he said, well, I can sing Love of People's Alive. And I went, that's brilliant. <laughs> Let's do uh-huh. that. So we went back in the studio and recut it with Timothy singing it instead of having to sit down and pull our hair out trying to write something from ground up. But right, right. It, you know, it had the right blend, the right timber, uh, perfect key for Timothy's voice, and it just fit. So, you know, it doesn't matter really where the song comes from if you arrange it properly. Right. And arrangement is a key element. Yeah. Well, you said in the book that the ability to sit down, create something out of nothing, and be surrounded by friends and people you love and fill the room with music is your ultimate dream. And you've been living your dream for quite a while. And thank you for sharing it with us. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you guys for taking the time to do this. And I'll see you in Sloan, Iowa. Yes. Thanks so much. Hugs to you, Don. All right, bye-bye. Take care. That's Don Felder of the Eagles. We're going from classic rock to rap. Dricky Graham is up next. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Good.